Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Fiona. My passion for sport really started when I was a competitive swimmer. This led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry. I'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good. Each week, I'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world. It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content, then you can check out our Instagram or Facebook page at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this episode, we talk with Sammy Palmer, a world champion tumbler from the UK. Sammy talks about what got her started in gymnastics and what lessons she got from over a decade competing on the international circuit. She's now enjoying her time, making her impact on the Australian gymnastics scene and sharing her knowledge and experience with the next generation. I hope you find Sammy's energy and passion as magnetic as I did. So can you please tell us a little bit about your sport and how you got into it? Absolutely. So my sport was tumbling, which is a discipline of gymnastics. Um, I actually got into it by chance. So I did um, artistic gymnastics when I was little because I was way too hyperactive at home. So my mum was a gym coach. So she basically just took me with her every day um, to burn off some energy Um, So that's how it started. And then at six years old, uh, I got picked out by a Russian coach to be in a squad. Um, So the journey sort of continued. Uh, And when I was 11, uh, we had a tumbler that came into the gym and sort of, you know, he did his training and he was watching us artistic girls and he said, oh, you know, she's really powerful. You should should come and try some tumbling. Um, So I did, you know, I tried it and I won a few competitions and actually got selected to represent Great Britain um, at a World Age Championships at, at, at 11 years old. So that was the intro. But, I mean, you know, right back at the start, it was a hyperactive child. Mum was like, ah, oh, just I need to burn off this energy and just threw me in the gym. It's, you know, yeah, that, that was the beginning. <laughs> no, I like that. And I think that gymnastics is such a multidiscipline sport in terms of like you've got different areas to go into so can you like tell us because I have no idea (laughs) tell us a little bit about like what artistic gymnastics is a tumbling obviously I'm like oh yeah that's kind of like somersaulting but tell us the difference between them yeah absolutely so there's quite a few disciplines in gymnastics you've got uh, men's artistic women's artistic acrobatic rhythmic trampoline and aero I think parkour is actually a part of gymnastics too now. So artistic gymnastics is what you see at the Olympics commonly with the vault bars being floor for women. And for men, there's six apparatus. It's um, vault floor, pommel, P-bars, rings and high bar. And then obviously rhythmic has your hoops and your ribbons and the ball and the clubs. And then uh, acrobatics is the you know men and women throwing each other up and down. 
what else have we got? Arrow is um, sort of very dance-based, I guess you'd say. Um, so, yeah, there's there are so – oh, and, of course, not forgetting trampoline. Um, so trampoline, <laughs> which is an Olympic discipline. Um, and tumbling and double mini trampoline, we compete alongside trampoline, but we're non-Olympic. So you've got a, an mm-hmm. umbrella of trampoline sports with only – men's and women's individual actually as an Olympic discipline. But, you know, we have our own circuits of World Cups, World Games, which is every four years, um, you know, lot, lots of awesome events still. Um, yeah, so there is a there is an array. And once you get into gymnastics, there's so many different pathways depending on, you know, what you love, your talents and, and where you want to take it. So it is really a great sport to get involved in because it's, it's so foundational too, and we might touch on this later later on too, but, you know, a lot of gymnasts go on to other sports. So it's a, it's a base mm-hmm. for aerial skiers, for swimmers, for divers, because it's, it's fine motor skills, it's gross motor skills. It, you build so much development at an early age that it's really such a, a pathway into many things. Mm, it's interesting that you mentioned the swimmers because I used to be a swimming coach and a lot of the juniors and I'm talking like under 12s that were quite mm-hmm. good swimmers at that point they did gymnastics and I loved it I'm like yes I've got a gymnast <laughs> and they, knew, they just knew how to turn their feet out or they were really good at like the little things like the turns and stuff they were very easy to coach <laughs> yeah well, there's so many different elements. You've got the strength part, you've got the um, spatial awareness, you have the flexibility. So, you know, like it's all the building blocks really that um, translate across to so many other sports. So it's, yeah, I, like I highly recommend it for any young children because it just really develops so many skills, um, not just physically too, but mentally. So my next question is like, is there a specific moment that you knew you were passionate about it? Because you started very young. So where along mm. the journey did you know gymnastics was your thing? Yeah, so I just used to love it. You know, I would be so excited jumping out of my seat every day to get into the gym, to learn something new, to push the boundaries. Um, and I, oh, I always remember it. I had my first competition at six years old and, you know, I competed. I had a really fun day. And when it was the presentations, I actually came last. And I remember feeling so disappointed. I was like, oh, oh, no, I want to win that. Like, I I love this sport. And it was just that point for me. It was like a real driver to just get back in. And I just had that burning desire to go in and really achieve things. So, yeah, that for me, I think I knew... I knew it was my thing and I just loved it. I loved being in the gym. I loved being around the people there um, and being able to challenge challenge myself from a young age. And, you know, I'd watch the bigger kids and I was like, okay, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And it was just a really happy place. Oh, it's awesome to hear that. And it's interesting hearing people's responses in terms of like, if there was a specific moment or if it just kind of evolved over time. And I, I could probably pinpoint my moment when I liked swimming, but or there's probably been a few different defining moments. But like I like when I hear someone mm-hmm. else's moment, I'm like, yes, there was a moment that you were like, yep, this is, you can reflect back and go, this was for me. You know, it's funny because throughout the career, as you progress along too, there's so many moments where you really question things. You know, when it gets challenging and you're like, oh, do I really want to do this anymore? But, you know, just thinking back to those moments that are so joyful and happy and 
and you're you're just in your zone you know that really goes yeah you know it validates it, it kind of goes yeah I, I it's still there I still want it um yeah so I think yeah definitely that moment for me though when I was little it's like this is it <laughs> yeah and it's awesome that you had that at such a young age as well because then that gave you mm. that you know push to get through those you know harder years when there's other distractions in life <laughs> You talked us through starting at 11 in an international level. What other significant milestones have you had along your journey? Yeah, oh, quite a few, to be honest. <laughs> um, some, some really positive and some not so. Um, so I went to my first international tumbling event at 11. Um, I finished seventh and at that time it was six through to final. So I, I just missed out on that final. I came back from that event and my coach said to me, look, we have to make a choice. Um, you can continue with your artistic gymnastics. You'll, we'll get you to the Olympics because I was in a, an Olympic development squad. He said, or you can be a world champion tumbler. So I was 11 years old. So I've gone, oh, I want to be a world champion. So that was that was quite a significant moment for me because it was making that decision of, okay, well, do I pursue the Olympic dream or mm. do I step into a non-discipline and be the best at it, you know? Like it was a very challenging decision, but I think um, there were certain aspects of artistic gymnastics I didn't love, like the flexibility, the bars and the choreography, actually. I'm not too much of a dancer. So for me, it was quite, you know, I loved the adrenaline. I loved vault. I loved tumbling. I loved all the fast things and the somersaults. So sort of a no-brainer. Um, so that was a pretty significant moment. The next world championships that I went to, um, I actually won. So I had come back off my first one um, at 11 years old and I was like, oh, I just wanted to make the final. I should have been in the final. So I just worked for two years and researched and watched the rest of the world and you know by the time I went to the next world age championships I think I was 13 or turning 14 um made the final and for me you know that moment I was like I've done it I've ticked that box because my my aim for that event was going going final like that was all I wanted to do I um I qualified in second place so there was a whole like scurry and fuzz and everyone's going, oh my gosh, you could like, you could get a medal. And I was like, oh, that, that'd be cool. Like, but that's a bonus, you know, like I've actually mm -hmm. already achieved what I came to do. So I was so relaxed and everyone's going, oh my God, Sam, like this is, you know, this is big. Why aren't you, why aren't you taking this seriously? I'm like, yeah, I am guys. Like, but I'm just really happy with what I've already done. And I think, um, you know, winning the gold at that event, realizing that I was so relaxed and I was in a very comfortable place there was the, the nerves weren't there because anything from that point forward for me was a bonus because I I was so happy that I just made the final so I think that really set my future self up as well because I, I really learned some valuable things at that event to to be able to just enjoy it enjoy the moment and when you're really enjoying it you know you've done the hard work you you know, your physical mm -hmm. ability is not going to change when you get to a competition. Um, but the way you're, you you can control your mindset, like that makes all the difference. So um, coming off the back of that event, you know, went home on an adrenaline rush and 
Um, I guess the next significant moment for me was actually two years later. So the World Ages every two years. Um, I actually went back and won again. So I was the first British athlete to, to take the title consecutively. And again, I think, you know, I'd prepped well. I, you know, kept researching internationally. What's everyone doing? What do I need to do? And just kept my kept my calm, you know. There, was, there wasn't the nerves. Of course, there's nerves. There's always nerves. And it was like, oh, wow, if I do this, I'll be the first athlete. But, you know, it was never the accolades and the medals. Of course, they're lovely to have. But I think for me, it was always comes back to that passion I was so passionate about the sport I loved doing the sport and I enjoyed the sport that that's what kept me going and that's what kept driving me so yeah my continue my my career carried on in a very positive trajectory and it, it kept going um, but unfortunately in 2004 my first ever year of senior competition I actually completely snapped my cruciate ligament in my left knee I want to say so that was really hard. You know, that was huge. I had uh, surgery. I had a complete knee reconstruction. And I was actually told that I wouldn't be able to tumble at a, at a high level again by the surgeon. So that wasn't what I wanted to hear. And I wasn't willing to accept that. So I went through about six months of intense rehab. And to be honest, like set out to prove everybody wrong, which I did. So you know it was hard work there was a few times I wanted to give up at that point um but seeing the rest of the team continuing to travel overseas I you know it just drove me more I was like I should be on that team that should be me oh so yeah I I kept going pretty much defied all the odds and the following year was on the senior team for the world championships and um finished actually third um individually on the podium so you know after a 15 months, I think it was, from snapping the cruciate ligament to being on the podium at the CDL World Championships. So that was a that was a pretty significant time, I'd say, in my career. Yeah, wow. And, like, how people go about injuries and, like, recovering from those injuries mm. tells, I think, in my opinion, a lot about, like, their resilience as a person. Mm. I know I've had a few injuries and they've said to me, that I'd never be able to swim again. And like I hear all the time athletes going, I'm not accepting that. And then they do major, major rehab to be able to get back to either where they were or just even be able to play their sport again. Was there um, like other than the moment where you're like, I'm not going to listen to that, there would have been hard moments in there where you were like, why am I doing this? Like was there that questioning moment in there? Mm. Absolutely. It was so hard having to go to the gym and watching everyone train and not being able to. And I mean, they, with my surgery, they took my hamstring um, and twined it like mm. around the ligament and drilled it through the bones. So I had to fully recover and repair the hamstring. So the hamstrings grow back. So that you have four and they took two. So I actually had to learn to walk again. I had to learn to run again because, you know, like your hamstrings are, are quite delicate. So it wasn't something that I could rush and, I could see everyone else improving and I could see myself like I, I was doing basic skills and getting dizzy and you know like almost having to relearn them because the spatial awareness was a little off and you know there was of course like that nervousness around oh my god is this gonna like am I gonna snap a hamstring now or is it gonna break or it feels so different mm -hmm. and you want to protect yourself that's I think you know as human beings our our intuition like we have that fear and it's we put up this barrier because it's 
survival, right? And it was like, okay, Sam, be be realistic about this. You you're going to survive. You're going to be fine. You've got to take that fear out and just keep going. You know, relearn. And it. I had a good team around me, and it wasn't easy. And there absolutely times where I just wanted to chuck the towel in. But every time I saw one of the other, you know, girls post up a new tumble or you know they travel overseas for a world cup I just trigger me again and I'm like no I am not done so I think you know it is hard it's an uphill battle but when you know you know like if you're not done and you want to be back on that floor like you'll dig deep and find find the determination and the, and the ways to do it mm, yes and I like the fact that you say you'll dig deep and you'll find a way to do it because that's what even life is about, like <laughs> digging deep and finding a way to do it. You competed internationally for nine years. That's a huge stint for an international gymnast because like usually they start very young and retire very young. Where mm. where was the point where you decided to stop competing internationally? So if I'm totally honest, I left the international scene way too early. I still had another easy five six seven years in me so I came back from my knee reco and competed at the senior worlds in 2005 and then there was a lot of politics and things going on in my home club and my Russian coach who I had had since six years old he left at that point there was a lot of talk you know I'd been number one for a long time it was like oh well that will be the end of Sam and so again, like, you know, I wasn't ready to accept that. And looking back, I should have probably gone with my coach to another club. But, you know, I was 17. I had a partner. I had a job. I, you know, I was, it was home. So I wasn't ready to move my life. So I kept going. I trained on my own actually for two years. We had a lady flying from, from Ireland to help out every week but you know having had a Russian coach who was incredibly technical my whole life um, to then you know a very different coaching style over that two years you know I still learnt new skills I still put out new classes um, I went on to win you know five or six world cups senior European championships um, world cup finals so you know I was still there but slowly um, some skill issues began to creep in and you know, it, it really became oh, more than a mountain to climb. You know, I, it just, I was starting to lose the enjoyment of it. You know, I didn't have anyone left to train with. So it was me and myself. And, you know, I was missing that technical side of the coaching. Um, the rest of the whole British team were from up north. I was the only one from down south. So, you know, I didn't feel as connected. And over the two years of the traveling and competing, I just... I just really started to lose the love for it because of, you know, because of all the different circumstances. Mm -hmm. So once the skill issues got quite bad, I went to the World Championships in 2007 and when I left, I went home and I actually just walked out and I never went back into the gym. So that to me, that, that was my last international event. That was when I stopped on the international circuit. Um, looking back, I regret that. I wish that I had swallowed my pride and you know gone and seen my coach not been so stubborn for once because I don't feel done but in saying that I do strongly believe that finishing when I did opened up a lot of new doors for me 
um, and the opportunities that I have today and where I am today. So, you know, I'm a believer of everything happens for a reason. And whilst I might not feel like I finished my career as an athlete, I definitely feel like I'm now contributing on the other side of that. So, yeah, it's been a journey. It has. And like the fact that you are now in Australia, so you're in a different country, but you're like you've been working with uh, like the New South Wales Institute of Sport. You worked with Gymnastics New South Wales and Gymnastics Australia. So that is incredible that you're able to still make that contribution to the sport that you loved as a kid. Yeah. And look, you know, I, I thank my whole career and the time in the sport because without that and without getting, you know, to where I did and learning what I did along the way, there's no way I'd be in the position today. And you know, having, I guess, having lived it, um, having been the athlete that didn't know where to go to after finishing, you know, back then there wasn't as much around the well-being and helping athletes transition out. So I was lost. I had no idea what to do. So, you know, I ran, I ran from the problem um, and landed in Australia. So, you know, I, I'm so passionate now on the other side of things in helping athletes you know, through their career and then transition out of that and deal with, you know, a lot of the things that you have to deal with as an athlete, whether that's injury, whether that's the mindset, you know, whatever it might be, um, because it is a roller coaster. There's, there's no, there's no other way to describe it. You have your real high points, but you have your, you know, your huge lows and you can go from a high to a low in a day. Um, finish competing too early but I just you know I'm grateful for that too because it's yeah it's it's led me here so yeah very very happy (laughs) and it allows you to use that lived experience to help other athletes who might you know still feel like there's stuff left in the tank and they're not done with their sport but they've been forced to retire or stop competing because of injuries so or other reasons, like there's many reasons life throws at us. It's in a unique, special position and it means that you're able to do great work there. Next question is, if you could go back and relive a moment in your sporting journey, what would it be and why? Oh, there's so many. I think probably, do you know, actually, probably winning the World Age Championships for the second time. That was really, really special. Um, That was yeah to to be the first athlete to do it to prove to myself that I could do it um to have put out some new tumbles like that was probably a real key moment um and just something I you know and just the the venue was great the team was great the people were great and off the back of that we had some some of our younger athletes one of which I trained with at the time in the next stage group down and she won a a silver medal too so you know just the whole sort of week-long period of being there was just such a, a magical time so yeah I think I would go back to that because I think you know like we had such a strong team of girls um, and we had such a great bond and connection and when you're surrounded by people that are just you know on the same wavelength of you and you support each other and you're all there for each other and you have a really good bond like that absolutely helps in your performance and you know, the way you handle yourself on the floor and, and just the way you uplift each other. So I think, yeah, it was a really, really great competition, that one. So I'd love to I'd love to go back and do it all again. Oh, that's awesome. And it's cool that it was the one that you kind of made history for as well, for your country. It's like it's the first time someone had done that. Yeah, there's been so many, you know, moments throughout that were just 
Oh, just amazing. And sometimes not even on the competition floor. Um, you know, we traveled around the world so much. We went to, um, you know, one of the places that stick in my mind. We did um, a World Cup back-to-back in Montreal and um, oh, Lake Placid in America. And the lake was frozen over and we stayed in these like log cabins and you know again it was like the athletes and your teammates that you travel with they really become your family because you spend so much time together in training and traveling and competition that you know like it's they're your your family even now I have so many friends around the world and you know when we travel and even even around Australia you know people I used to compete with and I'm seeing them again and it's just it's more than the competitions and the medals you know and and that's something I think I love about sport is it brings people together and you just bring out the best in each other because that's what it's about and yeah so I think so many of my memories and even going back in time you know at the end of every competition we'd have a big celebration party and just the people you know I I just it's one of the things I really miss and I was actually lucky enough in 2018 and 2019 to go as the team manager um, for the Australian team for for World Championships. And walking back in um, after so long away from the international circuit, seeing, you know, a lot of the athletes that I used to train with are now coaching for Great Britain. And it was like a big reunion, people from around the world, from Russia, everywhere. And it was like, oh, it was just so magical. And, you know, those connections are special. And if it wasn't for the sport, I would, I would never have made them. So yeah, so, so much more, so much more than the performance itself. Mm, that's incredible. And it's cool that you've said, you, you almost said my catchphrase or the, like the message behind the podcast to the word It's when you said that it's more than um, just competitions or just medals, because, you know, sport is more than just your performance there's so many little things and different people get different things out of it but there's so much to it that I don't know if we discuss as much like in terms of like you see on the news and you see oh this person won this medal or this team won this championship and you're like yeah but there's got to be more like there's a person who's developing behind there and what about the person who came second or fourth or you know who didn't even make the final like there's so much more than Mm -hmm. typical media I guess speak about and that brings me to my next question is like what's the benefit sports provided you as an individual that's transferred over to like outside of sport areas Mm. yeah and you know like I didn't win every competition either you know there was times I didn't make a final I didn't complete a tumbling pass I fell over and and like you said it's there is more to that what about those people and some people you know their biggest achievement is getting on the team and that in itself is a fantastic achievement because it's not about the podium you know the times when you don't get the result you want you're building resilience you know you're learning how to cope with with hurdles Mm -hmm. you know when you get injured and you have to really work hard to get back you know sport as a whole and even the the friendships and connections um, you're, you're learning skills that do transfer into life after, um, you know, as you do progress through um, a sport and if you get to an elite level, you know, you learn so much around rest and recovery, around nutrition, around mindset. You know, mindset, I think, is very underrated sometimes because it's like the, the biggest piece of the puzzle if you don't have the mindset. And so many of these things you learn within sport and you leave the sport and you carry those skills with you. So, you know, like 
oh, there's so many examples, but yeah, it really, it really is like, it's not even, I guess, you know, if you talk about performance and skill development, you know, you have to learn to, to walk before you can run. It's that, you know, that famous catchphrase, but it is learning patience. It's understanding, um, you know, breakdowns of things and yeah, sure. It's all applied to elite sport, but you take that into, you know, a corporate world, it's the same thing. You can't just get this huge end result without doing all these little steps beforehand. So yeah, so, so many different lessons learned within sport that transition across. So has there been like one big overall benefit? I know you spoke about like the travel and the friends and those relationships. Has there been one thing that you can like go, okay, that's the main thing gymnastics gave me? Yeah, I would say um, probably resilience is the biggest one. Like I definitely learned along the way how to be resilient. Um, And off the back of that, also self-belief, I think, is a huge one um, that I learned. And, you know, on that one, I... Oh, I had two two World Cups and I was, you know, physically at the same state for both of them. Same tumbles, same passes, you know, physically mm-hmm. ready. One of them I went to, I actually forgot my passport on the way to the airport. Um, so the team checked. I know, I know, shocking. So the team checked in and left for the World Cup and I was still at the airport. So I had to go home, get my passport and get a flight two days later. So, you know, I turned up, everyone's like, oh my God, you've missed all the training. And I was like, oh, that's okay. It doesn't matter. I had one one session on the tumble track and, you know, like it's not like a swimming pool that, I mean, other than the temperature, I guess, you know, water's water. Like there's not too much else that changes. But with the tumble track, you can have firmer tracks, softer tracks, um, you know, different colour tracks, all, all sorts of different variables that take some tweaking of technique to, to get used to. So... Um, I was like, that's all right. It doesn't matter. I, I know I can do my tumbles. You know, I've, I've got this. And I just went in and I knew, like, I, I wasn't stressed. I knew that I could do them in my sleep and I believed in myself. So I actually ended up winning that competition despite, you know, not departing with the team and everyone laughing at me when I got there. And off the back of that, oh, a couple of weeks later, we had another World Cup. And it was a longer flight. And to be quite frank, I didn't really want to be there at that World Cup. Um, so my mindset and, you know, everything going in was totally dark and too tight. Oh, this is a really rubbish tumble track. Um, and I actually didn't even complete a tumble pass at that event. And, you know, like physically I was in prime condition, but my self-belief, my attitude and my mindset, polar opposites. And it just goes to show with performance. And, you know, at the time, I guess, you know, you're building these skills and so you often don't necessarily realize it until a later point and you look back and you can go wow you know and you're just learning these skills along the way and yeah I think resilience definitely you know Mm. nothing ever goes uh, perfect all the time but to be able to manage that um you know and and come back from that it's a it's a really really great skill to have and you learn it in sport not just gymnastics in any sport is there a lesson along the way that you'd want to share? So either to a younger version of yourself or some even kids in Australia that you're now mentoring? 
You know, the biggest one for me is probably, as I mentioned earlier, towards the end of my career, when I let my stubborn traits get in the way um, and I was, you know, I'm going to another club, I'm not going to go see my coach, he left me. You know, looking at the time, I never really understood what happened, why he left. You know, to me, I felt like he didn't care. I've learned so much since then that looking back, I fully understand the choices he had to make and, you know, he left and what went on. But, you know, at the time, because I was so stubborn and I didn't go and see him, like ultimately, like the skill issues I had led me to just, you know, put everything in the too hard basket and leave the sport. So I guess what I would say is, you know, sometimes you have to, put some of your traits to one side, you know, really figure out what you want. And, you know, you might have to make some decisions and do some things that you don't love, but it's going to help you in the long run. So, yeah, I mean, we can all get very caught up with emotion sometimes and you really have to remove your emotion from your decision making and, and really revisit what you're doing and why and and do some things that, you know, are going to help you to get there that might not be something you want to do but something you need to do so yeah just prioritizing the important things mm, that's such a good lesson and it's not even like isolated in a sport context like you can do that in life you can do that in work you can do that in families like going to a family dinner that you don't want to but you know that you should go <laughs> that for me has definitely carried over into life and um, you know, it's something I'm trying to teach my kids now too um, because, you know, there's definitely some resistance 101 with schoolwork some days. It's like, yeah, but you need to look, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? Okay, I want to do this. All right, well, you might not like this now, but this is going to help you get there. And, you know, looking looking at the bigger picture, which at the time I probably didn't do. Um, so, yeah, it absolutely carries over into everyday life. Mm-hmm, 100%. Now, have you been involved in, a, I guess, a project or an event where sport's been used as a tool to develop the community? Because we've just spoken about how it develops an individual, but how does it develop uh, uh, more than one person, I guess? Um, so I was involved in a women women in sport um, a big day, like to raise awareness and bring as many women as we could into into sport, which was really awesome um also one of the jobs I did back in the UK alongside competing was I actually went around into primary schools um, and did some talks and you know ran some little PE lessons for the kids to really encourage um you know encourage participation in sport and talk to them about my my experience to inspire them and and that was something I absolutely loved doing and it was you know it was great for the kids to get to meet someone and I would take my medals along and to yeah to really just open up their eyes to some of the opportunities that sport um can give you but also you know the benefits of being involved in sport so yeah there's been a few a few projects along the way that I've been involved in. And I just think, as I, as I said earlier, sport really brings people together. So the more we can all do together and do community events, you know, that the happier our next generation are going to be. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I love that both of those are about getting people involved in sports, whether it's uh, women or whether it's children. Like, so where do you see the future of sport? 
So the future of sport, I think, um, you know, it's definitely still evolving. I think there's so many amazing community programs out there for younger kids and, you know, the next generation. I can only see it getting bigger and just continuing, continuing to evolve. And, you know, I do think it's slightly harder to get volunteers and things these days, especially like in the in gymnastics um, where I work. But, you know, I think... <sighs> I think there's so much love and joy that sport brings that, you know, it's never going to die. It's just going to go, yeah, bigger bigger and better. You can just see it really, really taking off, especially here in Australia. You know, it's such an outdoor country. My kids love playing sport. I don't know any kids that don't love playing sport. And there's so many, you know, new sports, even parkour now. You've got the younger kids who just love to, to learn to flip and to – you know that adrenaline rush and I think there'll just always be new things coming out and you know even some rule changes in certain sports can make it more exciting so yeah I think um it's only really going in a positive direction I agree and I think uh, and I think you're doing amazing things to contribute to the future of sport oh thank you I really appreciate you saying that that's um that's really lovely and look I'm I try I'll do I'll do what I can and I think, you know, things things like this and you doing what you're doing, um, and I did a gymnastics-specific one um, the other day, a podcast, and the more we can get messages, messages out there, you know, it's just going to keep inspiring kids. So, yeah, thank you too. You're doing absolutely amazing things. Oh. But thank you for, for coming on to the podcast. I know we've had real fun with the tech. Um, thank you so, so much. And uh, I think the, the future of sport is bright, but I think it's, you know, the future of gymnastics is brighter because you're a part of it. Oh, thank you. Look, <laughs> I, I and there's so many incredible people in sport and, you know, in gymnastics that are really doing some great things and driving it. And, yeah, I think we're all invested in it for the right reasons and, yeah, can only get better. That's it. Well, thank you again, Sammy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your contribution to Australian sport. Um, no, I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.